If you like to watch Survivor, and when the show ends, you really wanna talk about it with like-minded friends. It might be hard to find some, but don't you shed a tear. Check out the Purple Rock podcast, and this is what you'll hear. John will make some dumb jokes, and he likes to yell and curse. And if they're not available, the backup hosts are so much worse. We'll spend the whole time being jerks and telling you you're wrong. So we found a nice person to sing you our theme song. It's the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. Good evening, and welcome to a very spooky episode of the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. I am your host, Monster Matt, and with me is my co-host, Eerie Emma. And I'm done with the voice, I can't do that any longer. Uh, it's Halloween! Happy Halloween, everyone! Uh, we're here recording our episode. Uh, with me is Emma. How you doing, Emma? I'm doing good and laughing about the fact that most people are going to hear this on November 1st. Yeah, well, you know, it's... screw them. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, that's the Purple Rock uh, ethos, right? Uh, Screw the listener. We're doing this just for ourselves. That's basically accurate. Yeah. Uh, it's been a while since, uh, either of us have been on this season. It has, and it's the first time this season that Blackjack and Hookers ride together. That's right. You, you, you know, whenever you're in need, you can always count on some Blackjack and Hookers. Indeed. Uh, but since it has been so long, uh, let me just ask you, what, how are you feeling about this season generally? Well, before this past episode, you know, I was like, I thought it had kind of a strong start, but the last couple were a little... Like, mid-level, although I try not to worry about that too much when it's the pre-merge. But last night's episode, or this week's episode, was, I thought, great. I It it had, you know, it had everything. It had, like, human moments. Even the challenges were fun. It had interesting travel counts of, like, all... It had a fun Island of the Idol sequence. I was all about it, and so that has made me, like, super hyped up. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm liking this season so far. There's a good mix of, uh, contestants that I'm, that I like that are giving me something different. You know, it's not, it's not like we have a bunch of people who are the exact same. Um, you know, the people who I might not like as people as much, you know, are still trying to do things that are interesting. Uh, you know, looking at like you, Aaron. <laughs> uh, you know, he, which at least, you know, is making the season, you know, more interesting for me to watch. And then I think, you know, the Island of the Idols, uh, segment has been delivering some pretty routine comedy that is a nice kind of break every week. And it's been pretty consistent in delivering that. So yeah, I've really been liking this season so far. Yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Um, I feel like I'm starting to, it took a while, but I feel like I'm starting to latch on to some favorites, you know, like I, for a while I had it where like, I mostly liked everyone, but I, I didn't have anyone I was like attached to, you know, so it, it made those, you know, votes where it's like, I don't, I'm not like, Oh no, which, who's it gonna be? It's more like, hmm, I wonder who it's gonna be. But now I'm starting to have people I'm attached to, which always makes it a little more fun. 
So who are your favorites? You know, let's uh, let's talk about that a little. Yeah, bit. Um, I think. I mean, I think everyone loves Eileen except for you know people who are boring. And then, um, but I also have been really, for a more like strategic side, I've been really enjoying both Kelly and Jamal. Um, yep. I think you know it can see people maybe. Th- Seeing Kelly is like not as dynamic, but I really like how she's playing right now. And I think there are some fun, you know, sides to her too. Obviously, Janet is the queen. So that's great. I mean, those are probably like my top four, but there's still a lot of people that I think are like pretty cool, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, I have a similar list to you. Uh, Elaine, obviously, uh, Jamal, I've been. Uh, I've been a fan of. Yeah, you were uh, first on that bandwagon, I think. Yeah, I, I don't really know what about him specifically kind of piqued my interest early on, but something about uh, just some quality he has has always kind of interested me. Um, and I think this episode kind of put that on great display, but we'll talk about that later. Um, I've been... While I have not always been approving of the game she's playing, uh, it's been terribly entertaining to watch Missy go to work. Uh, yeah, that's true. I do. I should say I have. I have liked Missy. I think just for a couple moves, I was like a little side eyed, and that made her drop down for me a little bit. Right. It's right. You know. But with her, it's not so much about like you know. It's. I, I think she will uh, have to pay the consequences of her moves down the line. Uh, which is why I threw some shade at her the last time I was here. Uh, <laughs> but also, like, it's fun to w- actually watch her twist arms and make things happen because you just don't see people that are usually that good at that. And she's very good at it. Um, yeah. And then, like you said, uh, Janet, Kelly, you know, I think they're both interesting. I think Elizabeth is playing a pretty interesting game as well. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of mad at myself. I dropped her from my team after the first episode because I felt like her her visit to Robin Sandor was like such a disaster and showed like yeah. not a great um acumen for gameplay, but she's really turned it around. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's funny. Something about Robin Sandra seems to be undermining a lot of people. Should we? Uh, you know, I wasn't going to jump ahead all the way there, uh, there, but it's only one segment, so let's actually go to it. So, you know, because it does kind of transition into the fact that Elaine goes to the Island of the Idols this week, and Rob is like, "You have a short amount of time to decide," and she immediately goes, "I'm in. Whatever you got to say, I'm doing it." And at this point, this is like the third time someone has told Rob they're 100% in before he's even finished his pitch. How frustrated do you think he is at this point? Yeah, although, like, in Elaine's defense, there was a fucking timer. That is true. And he's, there was and a he's like, slow, boss. He's like, so, you know, you have to make a move quickly and decide if you want to take this as the sand is like pouring out of the bottle and it's like there's no indication about what this is going to be there's no evidence that there's consequences you know she has no idea that she could lose a vote um because and i mean by the time he was going to get there there's probably going to be barely any sand left in the bottle yeah, well, I, I think part one of the negotiation there was, Rob, time's running out. You got to tell me quick. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's, I suppose that's you true. You know, uh, but it's just so funny to watch his face as everyone just like immediately jumps, 
you know, and only one person has pushed back. Even the Queen Kelly. Bit. Yeah, exactly. Kelly's the only one who was even like, oh, I don't know about that. And he's like, oh, thank God. Here, let me immediately sweeten this deal for you. We have <laughs> to like, stand. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's just, it's just kind of funny, like, watching him, you know, like, deal with them. Because he's like, okay, this is how it's going to go in my head. And then they immediately do something. He's like, that was not what I was expecting. <laughs> So I I I really been enjoying Island of the Idols. I I think it's very amusing to watch these people bounce off of Boston Rob and Sandra. Yeah, for sure. And like the yeah, I think these segments are definitely fun. But like, what do you what do you think about you know what they get? Like, what do you think about the advantages, the idols, the you know everything involved there? So you know. I, I, my opinion hasn't really changed since the second episode, which is that my big issue with too many advantages in the game is when you get, you know, them all coming when you don't have too many people left in the game. And you have that kind of everyone is safe, final six, and then Sir, and then Siri goes home because there's literally no one else. Pour one out for Siri. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, so, so that's really like where I you know, object to idols, you know, and, and, and other advantages. But if you're throwing out advantages that have limited utility or that expire, I don't have a problem with giving them out there, especially because they have to do something to get them. And as we've seen, people aren't always able to do it. Right now, I think we're two for four. Vince got his, and then he went home with it, which was still like the dumbest decision of the season. Uh, and yeah, I'll stick by that statement. And then, uh, and obviously Elaine got hers, but Nora obviously didn't succeed. Uh, oh, I forgot about Kelly. I, there's five people that have gone. Okay. So we're three for five, uh, because Elizabeth didn't get hers, but Kelly did get hers. Yes. Um, so I mean, you know, this is not a guarantee. Losing a vote is a pretty significant loss a lot of this time, especially pre-merge when you know when you don't know how many people you can trust, and especially in a pre-merge like this where it seems to be swinging wildly, whatever way people want. So I'm actually pretty on board with the Island of the Idols. Yeah, and and what do you think about the vote block as an advantage? Oh well, obviously there's a flaw in the game, right? You know, it's you know it's so unfair. It's you know it's obvious that there's a four-four split of the tribe, and you're giving the vote. No, this is not. You know, you know. I think people need to drop the conspiracy theories. Uh, it's this was offered the last time. Nora didn't get it. They rolled it over to this time. It happened to go to a tribe where the situation was the exact situation that could benefit from it. And guess what? Had she not gotten it, her, she would have gone home. Completely well, screwed. Like, they would have been... Yeah. There's nothing. Like, yeah. Right. Now, I did see a suggestion that perhaps the vote block in this scenario is more powerful than an idol. Did you see that? I did see that. What do you think of that? Well... I think, first of all, I I totally agree with what you're saying about, you know, it not being a conspiracy, because, like, yeah, we saw Nora go for it. Um, and I, you know, generally am not really a conspiracy theorist, unlike my co-host. And um, I only the, believe in one conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> and the one thing, the one thing, though, I think is interesting, um, 
is, I mean, is that the vote block is either completely not, like, completely useless or, like, very powerful. And this is the one situation where it's, like, super useful. And what's a little tricky is, I mean, as close as we seemed to get with Aaron, it's really something that can't be counteracted unless you have an idol. And so I think that's what people are referring to when they talk about it being more powerful with an idol. Because if Elaine has an idol, sure, she can play it on herself, but who knows, maybe Vokai does something intelligent and is like, oh, gosh, the person who went to Island of the Idols, maybe we shouldn't target her. And they vote for, like, Elizabeth or something. And then, you know, sure, Elaine is safe, but in terms of the numbers, they no longer have that advantage. Whereas, I mean, you saw it with their reactions Tonight, like, all they could do was hope that Aaron would actually flip. Um, right. Otherwise, as a group, there is nothing that Vokai could do unless they had their own advantage. So your last point is actually the point I was going to make. You know, if you take these advantages and you look at them from a group standpoint, the vote block actually is more powerful than the idol. Because in a situation like this where the votes are 4-4, the idol would require you to get the right person in order to avoid rocks. Whereas the vote block doesn't require you to do that. You can't mess up the vote block. You know, you can't play it wrong. So for a group situation, the vote block in this scenario is more foolproof, you know, in a lot of ways. But the idol is more powerful to the individual. You know, the idol would guarantee that Elaine isn't going anywhere. So it's really kind of what you are, you know, and and there is, and so when you're talking about kind of like the group hour of the vote block, you're assuming these groups will stay together as they are composed. And like you said, there wasn't a guarantee that Aaron was going to stay with them. And the other side certainly did not think it was a guarantee. (laughs) Um, Now, I'm going to admit something. Pretty much the second Elaine revealed the vote block to Aaron and Missy, I was like, Aaron's not flipping. The only question is, who on the other side is going home? Did you feel that way that early, or did you think there was still a chance he was flipping? I gotta admit, I fully still thought there was a chance he was flipping, to the point that when the final Jason vote was revealed, I, like, yelled. Because I was just like, ah! (laughs) 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 Okay! Like, right, and I yeah, mean, no because, shade the, on, because uh, the most entertaining person this season did not go home yet. Right, like, no shade on Jason. I did not have yeah. a problem with him at all. I thought he had some potential to be interesting, but, you yeah. know, Elaine, bro, sorry about it. Yeah, um, no, totally. I mean, yeah, and- I, I just, I don't know, he was just, I mean, props to the editors, and I guess maybe even... Either props to Aaron for, like, being that convincing to confessional or, like, a negative for him, like, considering it for so long. Not clear on how that played out. Oh, but, I'm pretty sure those were out of order. Like, Sure, I mean, but, you know, maybe, I'm just saying, like, not. in theory, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess uh, I guess Jeff Pittman will do his usual, uh, <laughs> you know, detective work and be like, oh, this was actually, you know, filmed on day 10, not his day 12. His socks weren't dirty enough. Right. Uh, I'm always really impressed, actually, when people do that. I could never. I don't Yeah, I don't. That. I am not that observant. I got to be real. Um, yeah. Which is why you're all listening to me on this podcast. Um, <laughs> come for the expertise. Yes. But, but yeah, I, I really, I mean... 
Be- I think because of Aaron's specific position where, sure, he was close with Missy and I guess, you know, preferred Elizabeth, but who knows if that was just because of the athleticism. Um, but, you know, he was left out of that first vote. Yeah. And, yeah, sure, he voted the right way with Chelsea, but he didn't um he didn't that's not what he wanted he wanted dean you know and elizabeth and elaine and this is perhaps important he thinks it's elaine that wouldn't go for it because elizabeth very wisely was like said yes to the plan then asked to talk to elaine and was like i don't want to do it and elaine's like yeah me neither and then goes back oh man guys bummer elaine's not on board so (laughs) he yeah so he thinks you know elaine is the reason he didn't get to do this plan um so it's sort of like i could see a world where he thinks this is a better idea yeah i it's not that that world didn't exist for me it's just they felt the way that the episode had been setting up that uh it was go- it, it was oh like the second maybe i just got in my head about kind of our own uh prediction misses and i was like <laughs> oh well this is it this is the out this this is this is how we're going to all be wrong again uh which yeah spo- spoiler readers uh the staff still has not made a correct prediction not a one um uh, <laughs> Which is a bad sign for you, since you do terribly at the finale and really need to bank those points early on. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll uh, Costanza strategy this season. I will say, I did. I felt a little better about it once you had Lauren and the other vocals like being like Elaine couldn't have an idol. She's too stupid because she talks in an accent. I mean, obviously they didn't say that, but we know what they were thinking. Right. Um, they said half exactly of it. Um, and I think the one thing that still made me wonder is that, well, she didn't have an idol. She had an advantage. Right. And an idol, as we were saying, sort of for the individual versus the group, an idol would have protected her no matter what. The advantage, like if Aaron flips, he flips, and that's it. And she can't, you know, it doesn't do any good then. And it's not like she misplayed the advantage and then went home. It would just be like, it just wasn't enough. It would right. be like, it would be like in, if Nora had successfully gotten the vote block, but they'd gone to tribal council. Like, she block all the, you know, she can block one vote. It's just going to be like a seven to one vote instead of right, eight exactly. to one. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, no, I mean, and I guess it's just all about like, it seems that Aaron and Missy had like really kind of made some bonds and some inroads there. So, you know, because, you know, just from the way that the Vokai kind of reacted after the vote, like, it seemed like <laughs> they really kind of thought those they would be with them. And I think if not for the vote block, they 100% would, right? Right. And I think that in that situation, it makes sense. Because, yeah, like, if you really think they're going to rocks, then, yeah, of course, you're not going to go rocks pre-merge, like... Yeah. For, and I did, and I did think they were going to go to rocks because I, you know, they were drinking the Kool Aid, you know. Uh, yeah, like they, I think, I think they just had so much confidence in being the overall tribe with numbers, even though yes. it was e- even on them. And I think that ultimately is also, you know, I guess probably led to their detriment because it, it. Yeah, well, I guess you know this kind of leads into. um Maybe Vokai's reaction in general, both when the, like, before, you know, 
at the beginning of the tribal when Elaine brings out the advantage and then after the vote. Yeah, I mean, and Vokai's reaction, you know, before the vote block is revealed, they're basically, like, preening. Like, you know, superbly confident, you know, arrogant. They're like, this is going to go our way. You know, we're going to stick together. They're not. We know how this is going to work. And frankly, from the information they had, they were right. They were going to stick together. It's just a matter of, like, there's a lot of complications in Survivor. If it isn't a vote block in particular, it's something else. Do you think the Island of the Idols is the only place to find an idol? We know that's not the case. Right. So it's, you know, it's kind of really interesting to see them so confident uh, and just, you know, like on their high horse. And even the people, even if they had won this, the people that would have survived, you know, it was like a, they were going to, you know, it's like almost like tr- they were going to be treated like a second class citizen. And when you hit the merge and you're going to ask someone to vote for you in the end, that doesn't sit well. Yeah, I think, I think Tom, you know, by saying like, yeah, there's more Voca on the other side is, is really kind of a mistake because it really demonstrates you're not going to actually be with us. If you flip. Well, I can't believe you would think that. Right. And that's the best reason for Aaron to stick with, uh, you know, Elaine and Elizabeth and Missy. Because when, when someone says that, you realize you're just going to be hanging around at the bottom for as long as you can. Whereas if you, if you go with these other people, you will have some power at least until the merge. And then, hey, maybe you can pick off someone from the, from the other, from the other side, from the other Vokai people there. Right. And like, if, if, you know, we can indulge in a brief mention of, um, the next week preview, which for people who don't like it, this is like, would be something that's like right after it. It's not that big a deal, but feel free to skip ahead if you want. Um, is Lauren telling, talking to Missy saying how she feels so betrayed by Missy. And, um, a few thoughts on that. So one, I, I, as someone who actually does look at the preseason coverage, I know yeah. that Lauren said ahead of time that she saw, you know, oh, hey, there's actually another black woman on the season. I'd love to work with her, which, like, totally makes, you know, totally fair. Yeah. Um, so. so, hey, they got swapped together. We saw even on the show the reaction, like, you know, they all seemed hyped. Yeah. The thing is, if you really want to feel, like, if you really want Missy and... Aaron to feel like they're with you and you really want to work with her that badly and you really felt so betrayed because you want to work like you genuinely want to work with her then they should have built like their own sort of coalition of five instead of talked about it being a four four they like even if even if they have the three you know or make it a six like be I feel but like hell even if I'd be like okay you and Missy and then or Aaron and Missy and then like Lauren be like okay Aaron has Tommy and like you know, I'm Lauren, um, and they can pick whether, you know, they're closer to Dan or um, Jason, Jason, you know, whichever one they like, let's say Jason, because that seems logical, um, and be like, okay, this will be our five, and, like, to prove that we are loyal to this, even though 
there's three of us in this group, like we can vote out Dan, you know, something. But they would never do that because then they wouldn't get the people on the other side post-merge. They'd be like, oh, why'd you vote out Dan? Why'd you vote out one of your own? The problem well, there's is, a 4-4. Like, four, four. Say there was, you know, they went to rocks and that's what happened. Or, you know, I mean... Well, I was, but, but, that's, but that's easily disproved, you know, like... Sure, you know, but either way, like, again, it's 4-4. Four, four. Someone has to break. They have to do sure. something. I don't think Kelly, and it sounds like Janet, are going to be, like, that distraught that Dan gets voted out. No, no, and, right, and... and Right, they wouldn't be. But I, I think you have a situation here where, kind of similar to last week, where, you know, they were choosing between, uh, you know, Dean and Tom and, uh, I Charisma. Charisma, thank you. And everyone had, it was kind of like each one of those three was close with a different person from the majority. And I think what was happening with like Missy and Aaron was Missy was close with Lauren. Aaron was close with Tommy, but I don't think Missy was close with Tommy. I don't think Aaron was close with Lauren. So then you would only have one person kind of sticking up for this one person uh, on the other side. So if you're trying to pitch it as kind of a, like, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, like this person will fold in. We're actually a five or we're actually a six. It's more like, no, it's we're a four and then you got a side guy. Or, you know, we're a four and then you have a side and you have a side and what are we and what are the the rest of us left with? Sure. So and that's I mean, of course, that is something that makes more sense if you're, you know, old Vokai. But I'm saying, you know, if they really want, you know, if they expect loyalty from Missy and or Aaron and like, you know, think that they're really folded in. They have to do more than just say, okay, this is one extra person. I'm not even necessarily saying Well, no, I'm agreeing. That- right. No, but, I'm, but what I'm saying is you can't approach it one-on-one, which is what they had been doing. They'd been right. trying to peel them off on a one-on-one, but it has to be like, oh, I feel really good about this person. Let's all bring her in. You know, it can't just be I've brought her in. It's let's all bring her in. And that's really where the problem was, because if everyone's bringing Aaron in or if everyone's bringing Missy in and her bond is not just to one person, but to four people there, then you feel much better about flipping because then your entire game is not relied upon, you know, Missy's entire game, if she flips, is not relying upon Lauren. Then it's relying upon the fact that she now has built a relationship with Lauren and Tommy and Jason and maybe even Dan, you know? And so then it's not just about, you know, so so then when you're flipping, it's not about like, well, I feel good about this one person. It's, I feel good about this group of people and me. Yeah. And I think also just to have that level of betrayal that not only do we see in that next week, but also in Tommy's like reaction, which sure we can argue that Aaron went too far or whatever, but like, you know, for all he knows, their side has an idol. It's totally possible. Um, so yeah, say you're good. That makes sense to me. But like for them to seem so betrayed and like, how dare Aaron not flip? I feel like is sure. It looked like before this, he would have sure, but also he could have been lying. Like it's survivor. It's a four, four. They want someone to break. Then he's like, you know, for all they know, maybe one of them, maybe Aaron has an idol and he wants to be, you know, so he makes inroads so they know who to vote for. So he can, you know, tell them, like, so they don't go to rocks. Like, for them, 
to trust Aaron and Missy so completely is on them at that point. And I oh, think there's evidence in their, in their cockiness. Like, sure, you can hope that's what ha- is happening, but they should have all expected to have a chance to go home tonight if, right. or that night if they really were planning to go to rocks. Like, so to have such a reaction to that advantage, like, on the one hand, you know, I can, I can feel for Lauren in that, like, crying isn't always something you can, like, control all that much, you know, we, we are famously criers, but at very different things, um, you know, me, when I'm angry, you at every movie that's ever been made. And, and TV show. And TV show, you're right, my bad. Yeah. Um, every work of art that's ever existed, um, <laughs> Matt will cry. But like, so like, I get that, but it's also, I mean, and the whole like, I've been dreaming of this when I was 11. It's like, well, they've all have. Like, this is a group yeah. of fans. Like, Elena's been dreaming of this. Missy has been dreaming of this. Yeah, they didn't seem Maybe not ups- Elizabeth. <laughs> they didn't seem too upset at the, at, at the thought of, uh, crushing Elaine's dream. You know, right. they didn't seem too upset at that. The fact, I and mean, like, the you fact- shouldn't have to be, but it's also like then to get that, you know, kind of sanctimonious, I guess, in a way about it. When again, in theory, they should have been expecting a chance to go home. Right. Right. They should have been. Uh, but I think the other aspect of this that was clearly in play was just that this was a group of people who had only been to one tribal council and mm-hmm. at that tribe, only one of them was even conceivably in danger at that. And frankly, he probably knew if it was going to be anyone, it was going to be Nora and not mm-hmm. him. So none of these people had ever felt any danger before. And you know, none of them were the ones left out on that vote either. Correct. They were all in, you know, in the middle. So this yeah. is definitely people who have never had anything in the game go wrong, you know, for them before. And now they have, and now they have to react to it. And so in some respects, you know, whereas the other side, they've been doing crazy stuff for, you know, the entire game, you know. So right. for them, they probably can compartmentalize at this point a whole lot easier. And that's really what you got to learn in the pre-merge is you got to learn how to compartmentalize. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's probably why you see like the tribes that go into the merge having never lost like melt down sometimes because they just don't know how to handle the fact that suddenly they, you know, stuff can go wrong. You know, <laughs> they don't know how to comp- compartmentalize that. So, mm-hmm. um, but then, so, so there was a, one bit of strategy that I want to talk about that we haven't discussed yet, which is they block Jason's vote and then they vote for Jason. Do, is that the way that you would play it? I, I don't think so, man. Cause you gotta, you gotta be sure that there's an idol, I think. Exactly. Um, or, you know, you have to prepare in case there's an idol, like, and, and block, you know, whoever you think won't have one. I don't know. It doesn't matter. And Jason is very much someone you should be worried about having an idol if we just go by the sort of, like, survivor archetypes. Yeah. Well, I mean, and he got in trouble the first day because he was looking for an idol. Exactly. Now, granted, they probably don't know that. But just, right. you know, right. based on, like, how people are like, that guy looks... You know, that guy's, you know, from New York. He must be a Dominic or a Tony. <laughs> now, no, I don't think that's the case in Jason. Jason's more of a, a different. Yeah, exactly. But that's also sort of an idol type. And just speaking 
generally the way people look at archetypes. It's like, uh oh, he has glasses. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, you, you can never trust anyone with glasses. I mean, the, the thing is, you know, I, I think it's generally best to block someone and then vote someone else out. But then you also have to consider that if your target's Jason, do you really think if someone else has an idol, they're going to play an idol on Jason? Yeah, I mean, they if they're really that hardcore into going to rocks that they think they are, they might have. They might, you yeah. know, in that situation. Plus, he might have one, and just because he doesn't have a vote, like, he could, you know, you can see how it would play out now. They're like, well, I might not be able to vote, but I can still control my fate and, like, pull right, out an exactly. idol. Yeah. What do you think of him as the target? Is that who you would have targeted? I mean, obviously you can see why in a perfect world they'd want to hit someone like Tommy, but Aaron's not going to, if, they must have a slight idea that Aaron's a little on the fence. I bet Missy at least had an inkling. Aaron's not going to do that. Go for someone he's fine with voting out. That makes all the sense to me. And honestly, there's been a lot of people being like, oh, lol, how funny that Jason thinks they voted him out for being a threat. I mean... It's not not why they voted him out. Like, when, when they were listing all the reasons, they said, like, he's good at strategy. It's not like Lord, who Elizabeth was just like, she has no use for me. <laughs> right. Which, obviously, she meant her individual game, and it's not necessarily like, Lord's a bad player. It's just like... I, I mean, and let's, and let's be honest, if they were going to pick someone who, you know, was was the least threatening, don't you think Dan would top that list above Absolutely. Jason? Yeah, absolutely. So, so it wasn't that either, you know. I mean, and, and like you, I understand why you wouldn't go for Tommy is because you have to convince Aaron to vote with you, which means that, you know, and you have to convince Missy to vote for you, which probably ruled out both Tommy and Lauren. Right. So then it's Jason or Dan. Oh, gosh. Let's try to not say those names together. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what this is referencing. but Tommy will... Lauren. It's not that hard, dude. Okay. Ne- never mind. <laughs> I, 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 I hear it now. I hear yes. it now. Yes. I just heard heard it while you were saying it. It was like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. It, it took me a bit there. Um, but yeah. So, uh, so once Lauren Tommy is off the is off the table. You really only have two choices. And of those two, I do think Jason is more threatening than Dan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so, so yeah, I don't have a problem with picking Jason. I probably would not have blocked his vote and then voted for him, but that's just But the me. vote itself, yeah. Right. So there's also been a report that apparently the original uh, target from the, uh, from, uh, whatchamacallit, the Vokai tribe was... Mm. Aaron. Uh, one, do you buy that? Uh, and two, do you think that would have been a good move for them? I know there's a lot of doubts about, um, you know, pe- people, a lot of people saying he's like trying to save face or whatever, which I totally get like that instinct. Yep. But I also, I don't know, I feel like, again, that's something that be pretty easy to disprove. Like, are Dan, Tommy, and Lauren that loyal to... Damn it, I did it. <laughs> that loyal to Jason? Like, that friends with him still that they're not going to be like, uh, no, it wasn't. Right. Um, granted, I don't follow any of them, so maybe they did. <laughs> I didn't see it. I mean, it. they probably couldn't talk about it till they were out anyway. But I guess so. But um, I don't know. It just seems like it would be fairly easy for someone to say you weren't um i think it would have been the better call um 
I, what I don't get is, well, okay, I guess I was going to say, well, even with the vote block, it, I guess it would be tied. But then they could be like, wow, Aaron slipped on you. And I bet Elaine would have voted, or Elaine could vote. But like, I bet maybe one of them would have then flipped on Aaron. But, you know, obviously that's a higher risk situation than just trying to get them all to vote for Elaine. Right. Yeah. I mean, the thing about, you know, I, I think voting for Aaron when you have everyone is it might just be as simple as they thought that, you know, there was no, you know, that Aaron was voting with them, but they also thought it was a good chance to remove someone who was, you know, your classic merge boot because he's physically fit and that's who people usually target there. So maybe they were just looking ahead and they're like, hey, let's just get rid of this guy now, you know. It doesn't really matter because we're going to be up numbers. And if he's voting with us, then we can tell him where to vote. And then we definitely have the numbers there. Right. So- and, and to, you know, two other things is that, yeah. So if they get rid of him, who cares? They don't have that physical asset because now they also have the majority in the tribe, but also they're still pretty much outmatching Lara. Like, oh, like they'd still have a pretty good shot of winning, even though they, you know, obviously most recently lost. Right. And I think, I mean, part of the reason I think that I believe it is just because the alternative is insane to me. The idea that they would, they would vote. Like, I mean, I was glad to see it because I was just like, am I crazy for thinking they're complete idiots for targeting Elaine here? Like, I get that they want Aaron, you know, to vote with them. And I guess that was all the reason. And they just trust that he didn't have an idol, but to like target the person who went to, you know, Island of the Idols, which obviously we've seen, but who went to the Island of the Idols and is in a, is actively in a position of weakness. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nuts. It, yeah, no, I, I agree. That, that would have been totally nuts. And, you know, some people are saying that it's like, oh, come on. Like they weren't targeting Aaron. Look how betrayed they were. We have seen survivors that have been betrayed by someone they were planning to betray. And they're like, I can't believe you did that. How could you? We had a bond. And I'm like, I just saw five minutes ago say that you wanted to vote them out. What the hell? So hypocrisy is not new to survivors. You know, and uh, I I think especially with the way they were acting, I don't think it's new to this Vokai 4. Uh, That was, you know, like reacting to Aaron in that moment. So, I I mean, for me, I I think that, yeah, it very well could have been Aaron. Do I believe it was? I don't know. I'm on the fence. I don't believe it wasn't for sure. But, right. you know, it, it's one of the, it's one of those things where if they're saying like, oh, you know, it, it, it's, I, I don't immediately say, oh, that's complete bull. You know, yeah. I, I, I instead think like, yeah, okay, that was kind of what I thought would happen. In fact, that's exactly what I predicted would happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, um, like I, you know, I maybe didn't necessarily predict Aaron, but definitely thought, trying to do a 4-3-1 was their bet, their actual best bet. Like, because yeah. they're either, it's sort of the same as trusting Aaron in that they're either going to rocks or they won't, but then they also don't have to worry about an idol as much. Like, if he was just being like a um, double agent, you know, I was thinking, man, they, like, until I saw that exit interview, it was like, man, they really should have pulled, you know, done what the blue collars did, on Worlds Apart, where they told Will to vote someone else for, you know, as a test. Because, yeah, sometimes, if you're like Ken, doing 
doing a random test is dumb and stupid, but in these situations where you, where someone's flipping and you can afford it, like right. you have the votes for it, I, it makes sense. And this actually makes your vote safer. Yep. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's why, like, it, it sort of makes sense to me in that regard. And, you know, something I really only thought of while we were talking about it, the, the betrayal and the hurt, to me, actually, it ends up being sort of similar to Missy last week, talking about how she saved Dean by, like, yeah. changing the vote to, to Chelsea. Like, in, it's possible that in the Vokai's head, even though, Obviously, like Aaron would know that they're like, "Hey, we just saved you by right, voting exactly. for Elaine instead of you. How could you do this?" Which I mean, you know, but like they don't. Right. right. Again, it's not always it's yeah. not always logic based reactions. Yeah, your head gets so deep in these things that you can't always, you know, see how the reaction looks to the outside world. Um, <laughs> so. Should we move on and talk about the other tribe? Because did you know there was another tribe? I did indeed, because we actually spent a decent amount of time with them. Yeah, we did. And, you know, we had a very important conversation about race. And uh, who better to discuss it? Yeah, than, you know, two people who are probably just as good as any other of the hosts that you normally get on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're, we've got a shallow pool here. Yeah, uh, unfortunately so. But, uh, but we will give it our best effort, which will probably not be as eloquent as the effort that was given on TV. That's the way I will phrase it. Uh, <laughs> which is to say that, uh, you know, Jack and Jamal have been pretty much tied together since, uh, the one time, you know, since Molly was vote, you know, voted right. out and they've been each other's closest allies and they're kind of an odd couple, uh, because they don't seem like they're in the same, you know, like they're 10 years apart in age. They're, you know, like one's from the South, one's from the Northeast. Uh, Jamal is very big. Jack is very small. Right. And of course, one is black and one is white, which is one has short hair, one has long hair. <laughs> Well, it's more of the, the the one I just mentioned that came into play in this episode. If you insist. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, I guess the hair did come into play because Jack did want to do rag. Ooh, nice segue. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Um, which Jamal took offense to. Uh, and what I and there was a couple of things that happened that I thought were pretty interesting and that uh, I responded at least to, which is that Jamal like. He, he asked for like, he won, he called out Jack immediately. Mm -hmm. Uh, and he was, and he basically kind of put him on the spot. And then like, he kind of just asked for some time to process it. And Jack was like, okay. And I thought that was a really kind of good reaction because it wasn't confrontational there. And I think sometimes in Survivor, you'll see someone get called out for bad behavior, whatever that behavior might be. And then they immediately lash out and go on the attack. And I think one of the reasons why we were able to kind of get an interesting conversation here was because Jack's reaction was, I messed up, right? Which I think is an important step to actually discussing this. But then the other reason we were able to get an interesting conversation and the probably more pertinent one was that Jamal's pretty eloquent about this and he's thought a lot about it, obviously. And so when he was ready to talk about it, he was able to 
explain why what Jack said was messed up, why it set him off, and where he's coming from. And like, I think what I've always responded to with Jamal since early in the season is that he seems like kind of a, like someone who like kind of really thinks about things and he talks. He doesn't just say something off the top of his mind. He thinks about what he's going to say and then he says it. And so when he kind of talked about what Jack did and how it affected him, he had put in that thought, just like he seems to always do. And it, 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 it was very compelling to me. Uh, but I also like that he kind of recognized like, Hey, survivor ain't the real world. If this was the real world, I'd be talking about this in a completely different way. I might be talking about this in a different way because I have to play a social game. Me calling someone out could be bad for my survivor game, which is of course something that we always talk about on this podcast. How if you want justice, this is not the TV show for justice most of the time. So there was a awareness, I think, that Jamal had, not only of the situation itself, but also the fact that how the situation impacts his own game and the TV show. And I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, um, I think... I think, well, obviously, like, the best case scenario is Jack doesn't say that. But I think, you know, with that already happening, I think all parties involved, including, you know, Jamal, Jack, and production, handled it about as best as you can hope and expect. Um, First of all, I want to say, and this is not, like, a reaction to you, this is just in general, I want to say that Jamal, obviously, I don't think has any, like, responsibility, is not required to teach Jack the dangers of microaggression. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Um, And, but, by doing so, I think really did, you know, teach him something. Like, the, you know, um, Jack worked... So this is actually where I think the fact that it was happening on Survivor... You talked for a full five minutes, man. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Go on. (laughs) Um... That, so one thing is, Jamal works with young people. He were you know, not as younger than Jack, but he works in admissions. And I don't know how, you know, I didn't, I went to public school. I don't know how like admissions counselors at a private school work, but I imagine he talks to these young people and discusses things. And I think that probably is why he's able to, or like helps, or maybe the reason why he's good at that job, but like helps him be able to express this so clearly and understand, you know, make it so Jack is able to understand it. Um, but yeah, so not only does he, you know, take the time to kind of express this, which he doesn't have to do and, but has that sort of awareness of this is on TV. Um, like this, this is a social game. So, you know, he maybe addresses it perhaps a little more delicately than he would have, although he does have this kind of relationship with Jack. So who knows? Um, but you know, also knows this is on TV and this is something that millions of people are going to watch. And maybe, you know, these people kind of, maybe there are people now who get it and didn't get it before. Right. Because I think that was it where he also kind of recognized that some of what happened with Jack's thing is that Jack didn't really get it. Um And what I think was great on Jack's end is, yeah, like, like you said, I mean, so often we have people who when they say something that they maybe don't know is, like, racially coded, are just like, what? No, I'm not racist. Here is my list of black friends. Right. Um, instead of being introspective and being like, you know what? I'm sorry. Like, 
I didn't know about that. Like, I'm so sorry. You know, now it will work to keep that out of my vocabulary, you know, or some, you know, something along those lines, obviously would depend on the situation. Um, but yeah, that you, I mean, we saw that Jack actually apologizing really affected Jamal, um, yeah. emotionally. And I think, you know, Jack, like, and again, not that Jamal's like responsible to be gentle with Jack about it, but I think his, the way he handled it so carefully, like really helped Jack feel like he could, you know, apologize and learn, learn from it after, instead of like being defensive and deflecting because he felt so embarrassed by it and called out. And, um, you know, that, and that, that the show really gave the time for this moment to like sit, like it was a pretty long sequence. Yeah. And, and they really just let it, you know, let it sit and gave, let them both say, showed them on the screen together, but also let them both say their piece in a confessional and, you know, come through that. And, and this is something that would have been so easy for them to bury. Oh, a hundred percent. You know, I mean, it would have been very easy for them to bury. And I think, I think uh, one of the reasons why Jamal was so willing to engage, you know, like you said, there's no obligation on Jamal's part to explain to Jack, hey, this is why this microaggression hurts. Don't do that. Um, But I think the reason why he was so willing to do so, besides the fact they were allies, was the fact that this was on TV. Like you said, a lot of people would be viewing this. Jack probably didn't know what he was doing. But again, it doesn't impose an obligation but jamal knows that not only are they on tv but they're also on survivor so if you call someone out you know you will have to you know for whatever reason you know you will have to play some social game to smooth that over if you want to do well in survivor and so i think the very nature of being on survivor kind of made jamal more inclined to explain his point of view and where he was coming from in this instance. Yeah, and while it, you know, it being on TV, you know, in addition to Survivor, but also, like, being a television program, I think not only makes him more inclined to talk about it because it's a teachable moment, but, you know, on the more cynical side of things, unfortunately, probably makes him think, like, well, I don't want to, like, blow up and then have it turn into me being the angry black man when he's trying trying to teach why these stereotypes are bad, you know? Right, which is why it would be so hard to just walk away. Right. Yeah, so it it really, it really kind of, you know, we, we don't get a ton of moments like these, but when it happens... You know, obviously, again, we hope that people aren't hurting each other's feelings. But like, you know, when when this introspection, I should say, is able to happen, it's always nice because it doesn't always have to be confrontational. Like, because what it reminded me of was um, Brett and Zeke in Millennials versus Gen X, and obviously, that's yeah. not like a confrontational thing. Yeah, that's um, because that's like they're right. But but that is such you know a lovely moment where they're discussing like the generational differences and everything like that. So. It's, this is obviously a little more, I mean, I don't want to say negative because I feel like they came through it, you know, well, but, but compared to like a Brett and Zeke moment, like a, a more negative tinged moment, but I think it still ultimately was like great for the show. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to say great for the show. I, I think the show certainly loved it, you know. Well, I mean, I mean, the product, like, again, as I said, already said, yeah. like, the best case scenario is it not happened. You right, know, exactly. Jack not saying that. But I think, 
the way it was produced, like the way it came together was a good moment. Yes. No. And I totally agree with that. I mean, and you know, apparently this is not the first time there have been, you know, uh, moments where people have been confronted upon, uh, racial language or stereotypes, stuff like that. Um, I think the fact they chose to show this is due to a comp is due to a number of factors, but I think at the end of the day, it's probably the fact that they probably liked showing one that resolves with everyone kind of happy and talking yeah. through it rather than one where people are yelling at each other. Yeah. As, as much as you think, you know, the like prototypical, like reality TV moments are like the yelling, you know, this is a show that's watched by families. This is yeah. a show that's watched by middle America. Like this is not like a, MTV or like a Bravo show where people are screaming at each other all the time. Yeah, I, I don't think Survivor prides itself on being the one to kind of stir up the like angry drama with regard to these type of issues. Like they want right. people yelling at each other because of the game rather than yelling at each other because of like the Survivor wants to, you know, like there, you know, it, it's, it's like how in was it Nicaragua where it's, you know, like, or no, no, it was South Pacific. No, Redemption Island. Third try. Redemption oh, Island when What a Probst, trio of seasons. Yeah. Uh when Probes did his like big thing with like, you know, when, oh, you know, God. like his I mean like and that was eye rolly, but that's like what Survivor wants its ethos to be. You know, right. it wants a positive, like uplifting kind of ethos. So if they're gonna choose a moment to show, it's gonna be one like this, where there is like an education and a you know, a happier outcome to it. Yeah. I think the, the other version would be like situations where then the offender is like immediately voted out. Yeah. Um, even like with, uh, well, the example I was going to say might make you less uneasy. Um, weirdly was <laughs> Nick Ragua, no, okay. um, was Shannon Elkins. Oh yeah. That's actually a pretty good example of that. Yeah. There you go. You yeah. don't have to wade into the other stuff. Um, yeah. but yeah, like obviously that was not, that was not quite at like what happened here, but yeah, it was like Shannon saying some gross, like homophobic shit and they voted him out and yep. there you go. <laughs> yeah. No. And everyone was kind of on board. They're like, yeah, let's get rid of this asshole so yeah even though he's like the you know quote-unquote strong guy is the second second boot let's just go with that yeah it was um, pretty early i don't think we need to memorize the nicaragua boot order um no so uh so yeah i think that's our discussion on the uh very important topic that we had this episode i think if you wanted to actually get into why microaggressions and do rags are a stereotype uh listen to what jamal said because he would know that a lot better <laughs> than we did so yeah, there, there are surely better resources for you out there to read um, than the two of us. Correct. So uh, I guess, you know, that's but it's not the only thing happening on that tribe. On a lighter note, uh, Nora was trying to get Dean to work with her. Uh, that worked really well, she didn't sure it? Was. Oh, Nora, Nora, Nora. And OK, <laughs> this is not just a Nora problem. This is, I think, something I see all the time. And I guess it's just boredom and stuff, but I don't know, man. Stop, stop pitching to betray your allies before you've even lost. Yeah, no, it's, it's <laughs> is how I feel. Like there's just so much danger there in it being turned around. Like, yep. yeah, 
That's that's what I have to say. Yep, and Dean did the entire right thing by recognizing that Nora was on the bottom and selling her out as quick as he could. You know, he might not be able to swim, but he certainly, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, swam against the stream here. So, And I think it's like not only, you know, okay, Nora's like the wacko one and on the bottom, but I think the other thing is Dean is probably more likely to connect and or to have already connected and aligned with like Jamal with oh, 100%. you know Jack. And also it seems like even though they were outside of that vote it feels like they're kind of connected to Kelly who he obviously has this like bizarre connection to. So yeah, this is the right people for him to try to bond with and and bring them information and show that he's valuable in that way. And, yep. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm totally on the same page there. So. Yep. Good job, Dean, begrudgingly. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that's everything this episode. Uh, mm-hmm. so our, a, a, as we have been doing, our new segment this year is, uh, we give advice. So let's start, uh, with this. Dear Purple Rock Pod, I'm being held captive in a basement somewhere and forced to watch Survivor Nicaragua. Uh, my captors have threatened to replay the season on a constant loop unless I'm able to list three positive qualities of the season. Any suggestions? Sincerely yours, Chris Noble Fan Club. Well, first of all, how bizarre that Nicaragua should keep coming up yes, on this conversation. Appar- uh, apparently it was on our minds because we knew we were going to do this question. Uh, um, I would say, okay, three positive qualities. Shannon Elkin is getting voted out after <laughs> there you being go. That, oh, You got one. You got one. Dan on a giant chair. That was going to be my second. Uh, All right. I, I'm struggling for a third. Why don't you bring us home? Um, I guess not the worst person in the world one. Like, Fabio's not a good winner, but he doesn't seem to be a terrible person. Sure. I, mean, I guess, okay, if we want to be a little more solid. Yeah, like you could say Fabio funny stuff. I think you could also maybe... The, like, the turnaround of Holly is kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, they never brought back the Medallion of Power. Uh, they realized that was a failure, so that, th- that's kind of a positive. <sighs> I, you know what? I think we've done, we've done our due diligence here. Yeah. That's more than three. Yeah, I think so too. Let's go to the next one. Extra question. credit, yeah. extra credit. Uh, dear Purple Rock Pod. I won a contest entitling me to unlimited free food from Applebee's. Woohoo, Applebee's. Uh, my <laughs> question is, how do you deal with moderate gastrointestinal distress? Yours sincerely, Toilet Bound in Tulsa. So, Emily, let me ask you, do you got any jokes about this one? Because I can actually answer this one somewhat seriously. No, well, um, I will say that I saw a Chili's commercial while watching Survivor, and I was aghast. Oh, how dare they do- you know, betray their dear, dear Applebee's. What a, what a disgusting betrayal. Um, I mean, yeah, all I would be is like down some Pepto. I don't, you know, you take it away. So, uh, on a serious note, in my early twenties, I basically had IBS and it sucked because, you know, I liked, that was also the time in my life when I was learning, uh, that I actually liked a lot of different new foods and there wasn't like, Gross. yeah, no, uh, I, I know that's rough for you. Uh, you can't Food imagine sucks. such a thing. Um, but, uh, you know, and it wasn't like any one thing that would set me off. It wasn't, you know, like uh dairy or anything like that. It would 
just kind of happen. You know, randomly, I would just suddenly be, I would just suddenly be in gastrointestinal distress and I'd be like, well, let me go find a bathroom. So my advice is this. Don't feel embarrassed to use public bathrooms. In fact, if you have this problem, you'll, you'll kind of, you know, figure out pretty quickly what type of places are more likely to allow you to use their bathroom. Uh, so you don't want fast food restaurants necessarily, but like medium fast food is like good. Like, uh, for instance, a, uh, like a pot bellies or something. Wait, were you what using- the hell is a pot belly? I don't know. I just thought of like the first thing that came to mind. Actually, they're no longer even in Philly. I think they've gone out of business since. You know. I was gonna say, is that a real place? It is. It's, it, it, it's like a sandwich shop that you know, way you know, in my early twenties was all over Chicago, and so I don't believe you. <laughs> that's fair. Um, but you know, I mean, basically, what I'm saying is like maybe more like. Chick-fil-A than McDonald's, you know, in these, or, well, not Chick-fil-A, Popeyes, because they're obviously better. <laughs> well, uh, actually, if you're just going to Chick-fil-A for the bathroom. I mean, yeah, that's great. Uh, then but, do it. Uh, constantly. You know, but you also don't want like a high class restaurant because that would never happen. Hotels, no. again, never happen. You know, so you just kind of have to like scope it out. And just something, and you know, and if your friends are like, you know, it's like, hey, if you're with friends and they're like, hey, let's go here, you just got to be like, hey, give me a minute, you know, like they're not going to be like, what, you got to go to the bathroom again? It's going to be like, oh, okay, go to the bathroom, you know. It, it's it, it's always going to seem more embarrassing to yourself than it actually is. So don't. Uh, it's it's something where it it stinks. You know, <laughs> it, but it feels more embarrassing to you than it actually is. Uh, just kind of embrace the fact that you will have to be on the lookout for where toilets are at all times. Also, drink a lot of water, and then they'll think that's why you're going to the bathroom. There you go. And it's good for you. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. So, so that that's my serious advice. I will say, just on that level, even though this, obviously, this Applebee's sounds like a more um, temporary situation, um, that I, I I find a regular fast food restaurant is fine, but maybe, maybe that's, if, maybe if you're doing that, do the ones that are, like, off the highway, because then they're expecting yeah, people exactly. to make stops, because that's what we always did, and, and you talking about the fancy restaurant does remind me of one childhood time where, like, my dad pulled over and took us to, like, a cha- probably, it also doesn't exist anymore, but probably, like, an Applebee's Lions type, like, a sit-down place, right. and my mom's like, what do you do? They can't just walk in and use the bathroom there? What are you talking about? Anyway, so, yeah, fast food, good. Depending on your city, Starbucks. Yeah. Uh, actually, Starbucks, uh, you know, they usually require like a key for it, so not always. But but that's why I said depends on your city. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's so fine. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Star- Starbucks can be hit or miss, but you know. It, and sometimes even if they require a code, just ask and they'll do it. Yeah. The, the other thing is, if you cashiers if, don't give a shit. If you ask and you're pathetic enough, they'll they'll take pity on you. Uh, you know, it, it's like, look, man, I am in pain. They'll be like, okay. Make also, as someone who has worked customer service, although we did not have a bathroom, except for obviously employees, um, and cashiers don't care. Yeah. They don't care about anything. <laughs> there might be rules. If there's no one there watching them, they don't care. They'll let you use it. Fair enough. So, okay. Uh, we're running a bit long, but I think we got time for one more. Uh, 
Dear Blackjack and Hookers. Hey, that's us. Uh, hey! I recently bought a new couch. It's really nice, but it doesn't tie the room together like I thought it would. It just seemed like something was missing. After some contemplation, I realized what the couch needed. Some throw pillows. Have, have either of you purchased or adopted a new pillow? Do you have any suggestions for what type of pillow store is the best? I'm all about new stores. Signed, Pillowless and Loving Shopping. Yay. So I think we got some good news here. Uh, do, do you want to tell them or should I? Oh, I think this question's definitely geared towards you. So yeah, I, think you should I mean, them. I am the pillow expert. So the good news is, uh, yeah, Purple Rock Podcast is gonna is gonna start selling pillows in our merch store. So you know, that's where you're gonna go. You just come to us, and you'll have all the pillows you ever want. You know, so I think we've solved this problem. Yeah, and I'll also say the last time I had to, technically we yeah we already I'm looking at our merch store. We even get a you can get a floor pillow. I don't know what that means, but it exists. Sure, I and um, definitely don't know what that is either. I I I guess it's in the name, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And you know what? The last time I bought or got new pillows, I was able to put them on a list and have people buy them for me. Nice. So I got them at Crate and Barrel, because that's one of those places where you put items on a list and people will buy them for you. That's some good advice. So uh, we should do some predictions before we end. So, Oh, yeah, I think we had one more question, but there's just not enough time, so we'll just skip it. Yeah, we're running long yeah. as is. So uh, mm-hmm. let's go to uh, Vokai. A tribe just went to Tribal Council. Um, well, I guess the real question is, which one of these tribes should throw the challenge? And if it's both, <laughs> which one do you think actually will? Ooh. Um... Gosh, it would be, I know someone has already posited this, but it'd be so funny if they both try. Yeah. Um, I think they both should. I think Lyra would succeed easier yes. because they only have Dean who would be trying really hard, whereas Vokai has Tommy <laughs> trying really hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, I also just think that, like, even, you know, I don't like, think Aaron, I don't think, I don't think Elizabeth, Aaron, Aaron and Missy. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was I don't say. think an Olympian has a dinner. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think Elizabeth <laughs> definitely wouldn't. So, yeah, so yeah. I mean, I, 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 I still, I, I don't think Vokai is going to be throwing the challenge, even though they probably should. But I also think I could see Aaron and Missy wanting the time to try to build those relationships yeah. back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in terms of actual predictions. Yeah, so Vokai, uh, who do you think uh, would be going home if they went to travel? Well, I should have thought about this more, but um, let's just go with Dan, I guess. Ooh, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I got to agree, which means it's definitely not Dan, everyone. Uh, don't pick Dan because the two Bad of us news, are Bad news, everybody. Dan. <laughs> Uh, so, sorry that we may have jinxed it that way. Uh, but yeah, he just makes the most sense there. Uh, you know, I think as we discussed, Aaron probably wants to keep Tommy around. Missy probably wants to keep Lauren around. And then everyone can probably just be like, fine, Dan, we'll get rid of Dan. So, um, and then on Lyro, I'll go first this time. Uh, you know, again, this is a, uh, probably only, you know, Three people are being considered, Dean, Karishma, or uh, uh, Nora. I think after this week, maybe Nora moves up uh, the list a bit, but I'm going to go with Karishma. 
All right. I think as they get closer to the merge, they're going to care less and less about Karishma. Um, and my strategy of predictions is unless she, you know, makes it to the final three, which is certainly possible, if I keep picking Nora, <laughs> someday it'll be right. You know, honestly, Nora makes a lot of sense here. Because, I'm going to go with yeah, yeah. Because if you cut her we, now, then you don't have to worry about anyone else dragging her all the way to the end. And if she just annoys you, you're like, fine, this is my last chance. This is it. Plus, no, no one's going to vote her out at the merge. Plus, and another reason I like Jamal is... He said, you know, didn't just talk about like, oh, Nora would be easy to beat because he's like, she's unpredictable and unpredictable is dangerous, which is something I have been espousing. I'm not the first to say this. I'm not going to take credit. But it's just a philosophy, a philosophy I deeply believe with all my heart. No, I do Um, too. I mean, me and you, I think I've talked about this many a time on on the podcast. So, you know what? I'm actually kind of with you on Nora. So I think we're just going to mirror each other. Dan and Nora. All right. Yeah, and I think, you know, this episode, when they had that stuff with her in the beginning, I was like, oh, man, because I'm assuming Lara's going to lose because right, they're course. bad. Why would they um, so I'm like, oh, man, if they're doing, saying this in the first five minutes, there's no way it's actually Nora. That sucks. I hope it doesn't get turned around on Jamal. But then they won. Yeah. That's crazy. That we didn't good. really talk about that, but that's nuts. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I think that was a little, a little tidbit, a little sampler for us. Yeah. So, uh, so where can they find us, Emily? They can find us at purplerockpodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, they can find. Go on. Oh. No, no, no. Please you go want? on. No, I thought <laughs> you were pausing dramatically for me to enter there. Well, I wasn't, then you didn't do it fast enough. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, fine. I'll do it. Uh, you can, fo- you can follow <laughs> us on Twitter. I'm Purple Rock. Matt, you are? Purple Rock Emma. The show is Purple Rock Pod. Uh, and why would you want to follow anyone else? Why indeed? Uh, of course, you can subscribe uh, to us on all the usual places that you do so, which I don't even know what they are anymore because things change so fast and I am old, unlike Emma. So Still young for about six more months. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey. Should we hit that music? I guess we should. <laughs>